Tabernacle Presbyterian Church presents Sunday with Tab. Tabernacle Presbyterian Church, located at 34th and Central in Indianapolis, welcomes you to Sunday with Tab. Today, Pastor John Gable delivers the message entitled, The Blessing of Believing. We'll also have music from the Sanctuary Choir. So join us now from Tabernacle Presbyterian Church for Sunday with Tab. The Mighty One has done great things, and holy is his name. God's mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm and scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. All this in Jesus Christ our Lord. Come, let us worship the God of our salvation.
Our Old Testament lesson this morning comes from Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 14 through 16. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called, the Lord is our righteousness. Our gospel lesson this morning is taken from Luke's gospel, the first chapter, the 39th verse. Again, let's listen to God's word to us. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, exclaimed with a loud voice, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. And let us pray. Lord, we bless you for the gift of the day. And pray now as we sit beneath the teaching of your word that my words and the reflections of our hearts might bring honor and glory to you. For it is you and you alone we desire to please in this through Christ our Lord. Amen. What would you say is the benefit of believing? Now, that's the open-ended question that I posed to the pastor's Bible study group this past Wednesday morning. What is the benefit? What is the blessing that comes with having faith? Without hesitation, they began listing many. Faith gives our lives meaning and purpose. It offers us peace in times of anxiety, comfort in times of difficulty. It gives us strength and power beyond our own abilities. Rather than it being a flight into fantasy, it grounds us in a reality that is born of God. One even described it as being a usable asset in good times and in bad. And beyond the promise of eternal life, which is where I really thought this conversation would start, faith gives us the confident assurance that God is with us always, even when we find ourselves in difficult times, that God is faithful to his promises to us, even when we can see no possible way forward and things just don't seem to make sense to us. Now, you may add still others' insights to that list, but we would be safe to say that to live in faith then is to live with these kinds of comforts and assurances. It is to have these principles, these perspectives, these convictions shaping the way we look at life, understand life, interpret life as it unfolds for us. To have faith is to recognize that God is at work in our lives and in our world, even in ways that are beyond our sight or understanding. So with this in mind, we look at two passages of scripture this morning. 
one Old Testament, one New, one a perhaps familiar story to us, one perhaps not at all, one that seems to have nothing to do with the Christmas story, the other that has everything to do with the Christmas story. For both speak to us of the very nature of what it means to have faith. The first comes from the book of Jeremiah, the Old Testament, and it is the lesser known of these two stories. To set the stage, Jeremiah is a prophet who lived in the southern kingdom of Judah between oh, 625 to 587 BC. Without getting into too much of the detail, the northern kingdom of Israel had already fallen to the Assyrians about a hundred years before. The southern kingdom of Judah was under siege and was about to be overtaken by the Babylonians. And in the midst of this pending conquest, the Lord spoke to Jeremiah and said, go and buy a piece of property and hang on to that deed for the future. Jeremiah, in obedience to the Lord, did this. But then later, almost as if he had come to his senses and wondered why the Lord would have him do such an unreasonable and ridiculous thing, he asked, so Lord, tell me again why I paid good money for a piece of property that is soon going to be conquered by a foreign army. And the Lord answered, trust me on this one. I am the Lord your God. Is anything too difficult for me? And God then restates a promise to Jeremiah that had been stated to every generation from Abraham to the time of King David. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. You see, God made a promise. And on that promise, and that promise alone, Jeremiah did this seemingly foolish thing. He bought a piece of property in a land that was soon to be conquered, believing that one day God would bring his people back home again. Acting in faith which surpassed reason, Jeremiah was willing to put his trust of an unknown future into the worthiness, the reliability of a very known God. So keep that story in mind, if you would, as we turn our attention to the more familiar story of Mary's visit to the home of Zechariah and Elizabeth. We know the background of this story. Mary is a young, unmarried peasant girl who is found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And the child she is carrying is said to be the promised, long-awaited Messiah. So finding herself in a very difficult, quite unexplainable situation, Mary sets off to be with her much older cousin Elizabeth, who is also found to be with child in only slightly less unusual circumstances. Both Mary and Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah, had had visits from the angel Gabriel announcing their pregnancies. You'll recall, Zechariah is the one who questioned the validity of this announcement and was struck dumb and mute for the months to follow, while Mary asked a very similar question and got an answer which sounds very similar 
than the one given to Jeremiah earlier. Trust me on this one, for nothing is impossible with God. Whether asked in doubt or simply out of the lack of understanding, this surely is one of the convictions of living a life of faith. It's trusting that nothing is impossible with God. As we look at these stories, though, the question is raised for us, what is it that Jeremiah and Mary, Elizabeth and Zechariah, for that matter, had that allowed them to believe this seemingly unbelievable promise they had been given? You know, in this, our familiar, familiarity with this story, the, we've almost lost touch, I think, with the passion and the real crisis that these individuals faced when they found themselves in these particular circumstances. I mean, consider the times. Unwed teenage mothers become outcasts. Despite the appeal to angel visitations, unplanned pregnancies such as these were a disgrace to all involved. Like Jeremiah hanging on to a deed to a piece of property that was now being held in a conquered land, there's no earthly reason to believe that any good could possibly come out of any of these circumstances. And maybe we know what that feels like, don't we? We know what it feels like to be trapped in a set of circumstances that we can't seem to find our way out of. We know what it feels like to face an uncertain future. It might be fair to say we've lived with an uncertain future since March of 2020 with the onset of a global pandemic. We know the anxious moments and the creeping doubts that come while waiting for a test result or then our dread and fear after hearing the results of those tests. We know what it feels like to be torn by a troubled marriage or by a wayward child. We know the feelings of emptiness which well up within us when we add up the numbers at the end of the month and there doesn't seem to be enough left over to cover the bills which we know are coming again. We know the anxiousness and ambiguity that comes when we find ourselves in difficulty, perhaps we would even say crisis, of our present circumstances and aren't quite sure what the future holds. So we look to the likes of Jeremiah and Mary and Elizabeth and Zechariah to see what it is that they had which sustained them in their circumstances. And we find that what they had was faith. It was faith and faith alone that allowed them to trust their unknown futures to a very known God. I'm struck by Elizabeth's greeting when Mary came into their home. In the lesson we read this morning, she begins by praising God and then blessing Mary for being chosen as the one who would bear the promised Messiah. It was every Jewish woman's prayer to be the mother of the Lord, and now humble Mary, peasant Mary, is the chosen one. And Elizabeth had the ability to look beyond this awkward social circumstance Mary found herself in to see how God was using her to fulfill a magnificent promise. She goes on to pronounce this remarkable blessing. Blessed are you for believing. 
Blessed are you for believing that there will be a fulfillment to what was spoken by the Lord. And despite her present circumstances, Elizabeth was blessing Mary simply for having faith, for her trusting that God was at work in her and through her. The nature of faith is exactly this. It is being willing to trust God in advance for those things that will only make sense to us in retrospect. Jeremiah, Elizabeth, Mary didn't understand how God's promises would be fulfilled. They simply believed that God's, pro that God's promises would be fulfilled. In the early centuries of our church, St. Augustine wrote, understanding is the reward of faith. Therefore, seek not to understand in order that you may believe, but rather believe in order that you may understand. Unpack that a little bit, and what he's saying is simply this. We think that we need to understand things, that we need to have all of our questions answered before we can really trust God. But in reality, just the opposite is true. It's not understanding that leads us to faith. Rather, it's faith that leads us to understanding. It is faith which gives us the perspective and the insight to trust God even when we don't understand God or certainly understand the circumstances that we find ourselves in. Faith means trusting God in advance for those things that will only make sense to us in retrospect. The end of faith is understanding. And to live in faith means to live with the ambiguity until we get there. As I think about this, I remember teaching our own kids and now our grandkids to learn how to swim or to jump off the diving board or into the pool for the first time. You know the setting. There's a terrified child on the edge of the board, afraid to jump, while the parent is offering words of encouragement while treading water down below. The child cries, promise me you'll catch me. The parent promises, I will. The child hesitates, prove it to me. And the only possible response is, I can't prove it to you unless you jump. So trust me. The moment of action comes when the child's confidence in the promises of the parent becomes greater than their fear of the unknown. And the same is true in the life of faith. We live out our faith most fully when we trust in the promises of God which exceed our fears of the unknown future. And the more we experience that trust, the more confident we come in the trustworthiness of the one who makes the promise. That's what's so remarkable about these stories we've looked at this morning. This is what Elizabeth was commending Mary for having, simply faith. Faith enough to trust her unknown future to a very known God. And rather than saying, show me the answers and I'll believe you, Mary was willing to say, I believe you, and now I'll wait for understanding to come. Margie McCoy was a seminary teacher and author. In the early 1970s, she wrote a book about death, and a little more than a decade later, she was facing her own. 
She had written a book about Mary, mother of our Lord, co-authored another about the cross, but then at the height of her career, she was stricken with a life-threatening, debilitating disease. And rather than being defeated by the pain of her deterioration, Margie instead looked to her faith. And then she looked to the people around her who loved her, telling her that they helped change her difficult days into days of wonder and joy. At one point in the midst of her struggle, she wrote, what does it all mean, we ask in puzzlement? How can all this struggle and turmoil and suffering and caring too much or too little not have some significance beyond being a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing? No one knows we must respond to these questions that well up out of our wayward longing. We are called to trust, not to know. And trusting is difficult for us. All of our knowing, if we know anything at all, and if we can really be called, call it knowing at all, is knowing by faith. Suppose that we could step into faith wholly, cast off from the anxiety of the tension and dwell fully in the mystery. Suppose that we could really learn to trust. Is not this what the gospel calls us to? To trust? Friends, this is exactly what the gospel calls us to. To trust God even in the midst of the difficulty and ambiguity of our present circumstances. To trust God beyond the bounds of our vision. Simply to trust God to make good on his promises to us. And how do we know he'll do this? How do we know that he is trustworthy and true? Because he made good on this promise by sending his son, the child of Bethlehem. As the Apostle Paul will later write, all of the promises of God find their yes in Jesus Christ. For this reason, it is through him that we say amen to the glory of God the Father. So Jeremiah and Elizabeth and Zechariah, and Mary, and countless others, before them and after them, believed in advance what would only make sense to them in retrospect. People of faith have been willing to trust God, to trust their unknown futures to a God who made himself very much known in the birth of Jesus, the one we call Savior and Lord. So let us do the same, for such is the blessing that comes from believing. Amen, and let us pray. Gracious God, in this season of Advent, as we ready ourselves for the celebration of Christmas, give us faith to wait and watch in hopeful expectation for the fulfillment of all of your promises to us, just as you fulfilled your promise of sending us Jesus whom we worship and adore as Savior and Lord, in whose name we now humbly pray. Lord, hear our prayers, offered now in the silence of our hearts, in his dear name. Lord, hear our prayer. You're listening to Sunday with Tab, a production of Tabernacle Presbyterian Church in Indianapolis. We hope you have found inspiration and comfort in today's program. There are many ways to enjoy today's message again. 
Subscribe to the Tab Podcast on your favorite podcast app or go to tabpres.org, tap on the graphic marked Sermons, and select the sermon you wish to hear. While there, you can also view the entire worship service. We invite you to join us for worship this morning at Tabernacle Presbyterian Church. We're located at the corner of 34th Street and Central Avenue in Indianapolis. At 8 a.m., we have a communion service in the chapel. And at 10 o'clock, a beautiful worship service in the sanctuary. The 10 o'clock service is also live streamed on our YouTube channel, Tab Indie. For all information on the services and streaming, go to tabpres.org. That's T-A-B-P-R-E-S dot O-R-G. Thanks for listening, and join us next week at the same time for Sunday with Tab. Christmas is a time for tradition, and the best Christmas traditions never change. They bring us closer to our families and loved ones and to our Creator. Join Tabernacle Presbyterian Church for its traditional holiday telecast, Christmas with Tab, airing Christmas Eve at 5 p.m. and Christmas Day at 2 p.m. on WHMB-TV 40.1. Hear your favorite Christmas carol sung by the Tabernacle Sanctuary Choir from one of the most beautiful sanctuaries in Indianapolis as we celebrate the birth of the Savior who came to earth on the first Christmas. That's Christmas with Tab, Christmas Eve at 5 p.m. and Christmas Day at 2 p.m. on WHMB-TV 40.1. Presented by Tabernacle Presbyterian Church, 34th and Central in Indianapolis. We hope you'll join us. And if you can't, you can visit us online at tabpres.org.